This podcast is brought to you by DrunkMummySoberMummy.com and made in association with HelloSundayMorning.org. This episode is proudly sponsored by Liars. They make lovingly crafted alcohol-free spirits. Go to liars.com.au and use the promo code SOBER20 to get 20% off. Oh, the kettle's boiled. Great. Perfect timing. Should we get started then? I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Lucy Good. And this is Sober Awkward. Right, Lucy, over to you. Thanks, Vic. So whatever stage you're at on your sober journey, and Vic and I are at completely different stages, you'll know that life without booze can at times feel, what do you reckon? Awkward. Lucy and I invite you to listen to our podcast where we discuss the realities of sobriety, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the cringingly embarrassing. Our honest and open chats will help you discover what it really means to be sober. Yes, we're here like a dodgy bottle of port from your nan's drink cabinet to take the edge off sobriety. And together, we can learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway. I think I've just managed to record it, Lucy. I could hear it, so I think it's come out. <laughs> <laughs> We're just a bit uh, creeping around the studio today because Alan's fallen asleep on the couch outside. Um, snoring. Snoring. So we just thought we'd try and record him, which I think I may have managed to do. So, so yeah. We're so immature, yeah. aren't we? I mean, but it is funny. He's, it is. He's fast asleep. I think he's been surfing too much. And I think he's actually annoyed with us, Lucy, because we didn't mention the fact that he had a different pair of shorts on and he's got his four <laughs> favourite best and less pairs of shorts, which are four exactly the same shorts that he wears all the time. And he bought a new pair which had a combat pattern on. He's not happy with that. For did, not mentioning them. He thought we'd notice yeah. and he didn't. Poor Alan. No wonder he's ignoring us. He's probably just pretending to be asleep. Oh dear. Anyway, I don't, I mean, I presume we're recording. We I think so. I've pressed the red button over there, so. Could you imagine if we do the whole thing? Oh God, oh, that'd be awful. God. I mean, I'm pretty happy to talk to you for another hour. Yeah, we just have to repeat it all, do it all again. Yeah. We're happy today, aren't we, Lucy? We are happy, happy, happy because... We're out of lockdown. Yeah, we came out of lockdown three hours ago. Yeah, so we live on the sunny coast in Queensland and there's been a whole... The whole of Queensland's been in lockdown for, what, 10 days nearly, hasn't it? Yes, I think eight days, actually. Eight days, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we got out at four o'clock today, so yes, we thought we're, we're going to have to cancel doing the podcast, but here we are. We're like um, little flowers that have sprouted up from the earth yes, into and blooming. the sun. And blooming yes. in the sunshine, that's yeah. what we're like. In fact, we've just been out for something to eat and to prepare for this podcast, and the bars and the restaurants are packed, yeah, aren't they? They're absolutely packed. We're going out. It's like, yes! Everyone having margaritas and pints. Not yeah. that we noticed. Not that we noticed, but we had a cup of peppermint tea, didn't we, Lucy? Well, we I went, no, 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 I went mad and oh, had you green. Oh, went green, yeah. yeah. And we talked very briefly about how we weren't jealous of those people because we knew we're not going to have hangovers tomorrow, and they are. Yeah, I said, Vic, there's going to be a lot of hangovers in the morning. You know, Monday morning, people are back at work. Yep. And we will be very, very smug. We will be tutting at them as we pass them on the street. As if we've never had a hangover in our lives. I am superior. We are completely superior. (laughs) Of course we are. In fact, (laughs) that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today, all the good things of not drinking, including 
not having hangovers. Yes, that is one of our favourite ones. So, yeah, what we what we covering today, Lucy? We are covering the surprising good bits of sobriety. And so uh, for once, we're actually organised and we've got a name for this episode. I don't think we've actually managed to get the name ready before the episode before. And it is Sobriety, the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. So we just wanted to tell you a little bit about our our lockdowns. Both of us had uh, diff- very different lockdowns, didn't we, Lucy? Because I've got three young kids and Lucy's kids are a bit older. So our lockdowns are a bit different. How was yours? Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sober. I love a lockdown. Yeah. Within about three minutes of it being announced, I was uh, lying comfortably on the couch with the TV on, relaxing, thinking, nice. here we go. Yes, yeah, sober people love a lockdown. We do love a lockdown. Look, it was fine, actually. This one was good. We're getting the hang of them now. Um, at first of all, it was only going to be three days. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think we knew it was going to be extended because this Delta variant can't be contained as easily. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I did work. And also I work from home anyway, so it didn't change very much for me except the gym was closed, so I had a good oh, yeah. excuse not to exercise. Nice. And my teenager's were really good and really respected the lockdown rules this time, um, which is hard, really difficult for teenagers. They yeah. want to be out and about. It's hard to keep them in. And I was really proud of them. Oh, good. So, yeah, lockdown was was okay, uh, but I was glad that we were able to get out of it and get here to chat tonight. Yeah. Mine was, sounds a bit different to yours because I've still got to do homeschooling and all that sort of thing with a two-year-old running around, which was a nightmare. Um, yeah, so I spent a lot of time playing hide uh, hide and seek which was generally me hiding for a very, very long time in a cupboard. For and no a few one hours. seeking. Yeah, no one, no one finding me. <laughs> my brother and my cousin used to do that to me, just if you're listening, Terry and James. Yeah. They, they always feel so guilty about that. Yeah, never coming to find <laughs> never you. Never coming to find Isn't that me. Mean? Yeah. So I just hid in various but your places. Your kids do it to you. What does yeah. that say about you as I know. a mother? I was just hiding. I just couldn't cope anymore. So I just had to have a few timeouts here and there. Oh, so you went and hid, but you didn't actually tell them you were no. playing hide and seek. No, I just went and hid. Just hiding, basically. I was just hiding on my own in the corner. <laughs> I wish I'd thought of that one when, I, when my kids were young. <laughs> I started to wonder whether one of my children might be a bit of a psychopath, though. I mean, when is that? You know, I don't know when they can draw a perfect circle. Isn't that when it, the first sign of being a psychopath is when you can yes, draw? Yes, first sign a perfect, of madness. Yes, the first sign of madness, isn't it? So I haven't, I haven't done that test on her yet. But she was asked what her. When she grew up, if she was going to be in the Olympics, what she would be. And at school, she had to name three things for her homework during the lockdown. And her first one's that she wanted to be a hairdresser, an Olympic hairdresser. <laughs> and then she wanted to be a snake trainer. And then the third one, that she wanted to be an Olympic angry person. And I was like, right, you've got that one down, Pat. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, you can at least see her talent's young. Yeah, you've definitely got her pointing in the right direction yeah. for huge success. I wonder about her sometimes. She did a lot of drawing over the um, over the lockdown and one of the pictures she passed to me, I said, Nellie, what is this? What have you drawn a picture of? And she said, Mummy, it's a pig dragging a girl. <laughs> I just sort of turned away and didn't look her too long in the eyes because I was a bit, ne- bit nervous of being around. What, what have I created? <laughs> a pig dragging a girl. Yeah, now, that is a strange But We have heard the inserts of your diary when you were younger <laughs> true, as well. True. So uh, I think there were some amphibious comments yeah. happening there. But look, uh, we're talking poor about... Sign. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Rather a poor sign day. 
<laughs> Look, we are talking about lockdown. So anyone who is going through it, because I'm sure there's lots of people who are in lockdown still. Um, I know that over here in Australia, we've got Sydney in lockdown. There's lots of people in isolation in the UK and wherever you are in the world listening, you might be in lockdown. You might be expecting another one soon because I think we'll probably have another one soon here. Yeah, It is really hard sometimes when you're trying not to drink in lockdown. Um, I had... Um, an email from a colleague of mine who said, hope you're coping in lockdown, dot, 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 bring out the wine. Mm. It seems to me that lockdown and alcohol are coming hand in hand now. And I think a lot of people's problems with alcohol have exacerbated during lockdown. So I guess whilst we're having a laugh about it and sharing our experiences, I would like to send out my thoughts to anyone who's trying not to drink or struggling with alcohol during lockdown and just say, yeah, I understand how hard it must be. Yeah. And to let you know that actually doing lockdown when you're as sober as we are is actually really cool because it's quite a content, happy place to be. Yeah, and it's like you can connect with your family and connect with your friends again in different ways. But, you know, there is something to be said for being sober in lockdown as well. I can understand why people would turn to drink because it is a stressful time and you are, you know, in the small confines of your house and there's rules upon <laughs> you. And it is it is stressful being at home with the kids all the time. But we're doing it and we're all right and we're not completely yeah. bonkers quite yet. Well, not we just, quite, I, yeah. yeah. Not quite. I do go and scream in a pillow occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> going, yeah. Yeah, and I have to admit, I am looking forward to my kids going back to school tomorrow. I was like, score, yes. A day oh, to I myself. can't wait. Yeah. They said to me, Mum, are you going to be lonely? Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> I do love you, darling. <laughs> I also love it when you're not here. Yeah, as long bye. as I know you're safe. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, today's episode is called Sobriety, the Gift That Keeps On Giving. So, yeah, there are obvious, bloody, wonderful things that come hand in hand with stopping drinking. Perhaps the most obvious of those being the sheer bliss of no more hangovers. But today we'll be chatting about things that you might not expect, things we didn't expect. And they have made sobriety even more worthwhile than we could ever imagine. Very true. So hardened, long-time drinkers such as Vic and I, and possibly you too, used to live for booze. It's soaked into every part of our world and every part of who we were and how we lived, affecting everything. The standard of our lives, our health, our well-being, our personalities, our families, our work, our social worlds. So when you take it away, it stands to reason that everything in your life changes. And I mean everything. For us, many of these changes have been unexpected I mean, I'm over three years sober and I'm still discovering new delights that pop up like woodland animals in a Disney movie to brighten up my world. (laughs) That's incredible, Vic. Do they do the housework? (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Um, It definitely gives me encouragement to keep going, knowing that you're still getting wonderful things from your sobriety journey. Um, And it's the reason we're doing this episode. Um, Although Vic sometimes describes us as professional party poopers. We're not here with the intention of ruining all the surprises that come your way in sobriety, but to let you know that sobriety brings you so much more than you can possibly imagine. What we want you to take away from our podcast today is twofold depending on where you are on this sober journey. If you've not given up yet, we hope that this chat will give you the insight into the life-changing impact that sobriety will have on your world, so much so that you'll leave the dark side and come to the light. Join our gang, whatever you want to call it, but give being sober a go. If you've already stopped swilling the sauce, 
Get that smug face ready as you nod knowingly at the parts you already enjoy in your own life and learn about others that you could have to look forward to. I've got my smug face on. How does it look, Vic? Looks pretty much like your every normal face. <laughs> I was going to say, getting quite good at it now, being smug. <laughs> look, either way, Vic and I wanted to talk about this as we feel sobriety is underrated. And as two ex-pissheads who honestly thought we could never stop drinking, we're in a state of continual surprise about how this sober gig, gig just keeps on giving. Yep. So let's run through the more obvious good things that we were promised would happen in our sobriety and actually did. The first one is our favourite one, of course, is the no more hangovers. I suffered terribly with anxiety-filled, shamed and guilt and hangovers. It was like the worst thing that I could ever experience in my life. Same for you, I guess. Yeah, we talked about feeling like having to call like emergency and get picked up yeah. in an ambulance. And t- <laughs> Quite seriously, yeah. that's how we felt. They yeah. were bloody I awful. would rather have been in a hospital bed with a drip going into me, something that was curing that day because those days were so bloody long, weren't they? Mm. Yeah, it was awful. awful. Yeah, and we were just talking about it on the way here, weren't yeah. we? You know, we cannot get over why we put ourselves through that. So hangovers is top of the list of something that we were promised we'd get in sobriety. We don't get hangovers. We yeah. don't get... You know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> I don't. We don't get hangovers and we love it. Yes. Um, but because of that, we have more more time on our hands. So I think that's something that other people um, don't realise. But it's an obvious thing, really, that once you don't have a hangover, you're not spending like two or three days nursing yourself back to normal health. You have more time to be yeah. productive and do things. And also that you've you've lost that preoccupation with alcohol that you had throughout your life. So you've taken this whole massive thing out of your life, a big lump mm. of preoccupation thinking about booze when where how who with all of those things once you've taken that away you've got more time to be happy and and do the things you want to do and that's time in your practical world more time to actually get things done and get on top of all the things you need to do but also space inside your head as well yes yeah if you've got quite a lot of space in your head (laughs) yeah i have now just wonder i think maybe you have just you might want to get that checked I've got my smug yeah. face is gone <laughs> oh, yeah. and I'm left with, with total shock. <laughs> better sleep, Lucy. How's your sleep since you gave up drinking? Oh, my God. So much better. Yes. Yeah, I mean, oh God, we, we, I think we talked a bit later on about lack of sleep when you're oh. drinking and how awful it can make you feel. Yeah. yeah, waking up, having had a good night's sleep, everything is different. The Everything's best. rosy. Yeah. Um, another really good one as well is... And I guess this comes from better sleep and from not drinking as well as your hair and your skin and everything mm. looks better. One of the best bits about sobriety is in those first few sort of weeks. Um, I remember going to a sober event one week and then going two weeks later and everyone going, oh my God, you look so yeah. different. Cause and I, the bloating as well. Yes. What are you yeah. trying to say? No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that again? Honestly. <laughs> we need to video. <laughs> your, blo- your bloating is yeah. really good. <laughs> Thanks, Vic. Yours hasn't. <laughs> oh, you set me off. I'm going to try, I'm going to try and bring, it, bring myself back. Vic and I are less bloated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although apparently I am still a bit bloated. <laughs> oh, God. More energy. Yeah, general more energy because you're not hungover and you've got, got a toxic substance pumping through your veins. So you're always going to have more energy and feel better generally. 
Yeah, I used to always get this dip in energy at mid, sort of about two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And I got that with my first part of sobriety as well. But that's gone now as I've got further into it. So things do change from when you first get sober as you get further into it. So if you think, oh, I haven't got as much energy as I thought, wait, because it will come. And now because I'm getting a decent night's sleep and I've got my energy levels up, I don't get tired in the Mm. day at all. It was horrible being tired because you get anxious with that as well. And you eat loads of shit when you're tired. There's so many repercussions from that, aren't there? There is, Yeah. 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 Um, more money, obviously. You're not spending as much money. Although, mm, I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, well, maybe we'll take that one out because I just spend more money on stuff I don't need, probably. That's a bit like our last point that we've got on here, which is uh, weight loss. Yeah. Uh, I, sure I don't know. I think we kind of oversold on those two more yeah. money and weight loss. And actually, <laughs> who cares about weight loss when you're happy within yourself? Like, that's a bad message. We don't care about weight loss apart from the bloating. <laughs> but, you know, weight loss, everyone goes, yeah, I've given up drinking, I've lost loads of weight. But when you. You give up drinking, you've done that really major thing. Weight loss can come later if that's something that you feel is going to make you more happy, but that's and, not and something, something that's I important. definitely feel about health weight. Is important. Yeah, I don't feel that I've lost any weight in sobriety, but I definitely have a healthier look about my weight as yes, well. Yes. Whereas before I was kind of what wasn't drinking and I was eating crap and my body was just a just looked generally horrible and now I don't think I've lost the weight but I've just got a healthier look to my body, yes. probably more toned because I'm exercising yeah. more. You're so, looking pretty buff. <laughs> the other buff one and bloated yeah anything your, else your face is bloated your body's buff but my face is also <laughs> smug yeah and smug <laughs> I'm not make, I'm not painting a good picture am I no no sorry Lucy yeah I, I think well, I might go and join is, Alan on even though you're bloated and buff you're going to live longer so I don't know if I want to yeah. now <laughs> yeah you're going to lower your risk of heart disease liver failure breast cancer and all your tummy health and Skin and all of those things. You can't say about my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to walk out in a minute and slam the door, aren't you? These are not related to you, just so you know. I think the way you're looking at me, yeah. I feel that I they are. I can't look at you now because I'm going to crack up. <laughs> so, yes, better moods and better memory. So all of these things are the obvious things that whenever you read an article about people giving up drinking, they're the go-tos. They're the reasons why you should give up. But for me and Lucy, those those did come hand in hand with our sobriety. But there's also ones that were more surprising to us, aren't there? Yeah, they're quite funny as well. So we, yeah. we wanted to share them because we wanted to do a really happy podcast. Yes, because um, the next one's going to be dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be horrible, be horrible the next yeah. one. So we're just being all cheery. But no, I think it's really important because one of the things that we, um, we were talking about earlier when we were discussing this top co- podcast is that when you give up drinking, you honestly think that giving up drinking and becoming sober is about life without booze and obviously that's what you think it's about living your same life without booze but it isn't that at all getting sober is about taking booze away from your life and living a completely different life and I didn't realize that I didn't realize that at all either yeah it is it is life-changing in every way. Your, your life won't stay the same. It will change for the better in many ways. And we're going to share with you yeah. um, just some of the ways. And we've got more to come, more yeah. things to, to discover about ourselves and our lives in sobriety. But the ones that yeah. we've discovered, first of all, we've made a little list. Also, I just want to say as well, these might change for people dramatically over the period that you've stopped drinking for. I think some of these benefits that we're going to talk about today, they might not happen in the first month. They might not happen in the first six months. Some of them have taken me a year. Year mm. to to really absorb those feelings and know that they what they are and that they are related to me stopping drinking. It's like, for example, when I was pregnant, I thought I was writing because the hormones in my body were pumping around because I was pregnant, but actually it's because I wasn't drinking.
drinking. So it can yes. sometimes take a while and you have to look back in hindsight and go, actually, that was because I was drinking while I was like that. Yeah. And that's why I'm not like that anymore. <coughs> yeah. So, yeah, these things might not be happening to you now if you have given up drinking, but they are things that you can look forward to at some point in your sobriety. And if someone was to come on here that was 10 years or 20 years sober, I'm sure they would add many more to this list. They would, definitely. And it, what, that's what makes a sober journey so brilliant. It's yes. not like everything all happens in one hit when you stop drinking. Things just keep coming up, don't they, yeah. all the time? Yeah. Like you said about Disney woodland animals yeah. popping out. They yes, just they, do. They pop out of the yes. woodwork all the time. It's like you think, God, this sober thing is really good. I feel great. And then yeah. something else happens. Yeah, a little squirrel. You feel even better. A little squirrel, a squirrel with a nut. Or a little bluebird. Yes. Um, but, okay, one, I'm going to start. Can Go I start? Yes, you know, you do start. you think I could get by without being insulted? Go on, you bloater. <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> no, I don't either. I'm full of self-loathing. I'm going to go home and cry <laughs> into my pillow. That's okay. I do that um, every night. <laughs> my first one is hmm. that I think I am more honest now that, well, I know I'm more honest. Looking back, um, life when you're drinking a lot, there's a lot of dishonesty in that to other people because you have to, to get by. Um, okay, you, you perhaps tell people you didn't drink as much as you did or I feel fine, but you feel like shit mm-hmm. um, because you're embarrassed um, or you're ashamed. So you just tell little white lies to get by. Um, you don't have to do that when you become sober and you just live a more honest life. And from that, you when you talk to people and you have a conversation, you feel more comfortable, c- confident talking about what you're talking about and telling people what your opinions are because you're talking from a place of honesty. You're talking from your heart because you, you really are. You haven't numbed that heart out. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, it's just something that I wasn't expecting to come. And even sort of making excuses for things. Like, I don't bother making excuses. I was forever making excuses in my drinking days. Oh, I can't come here. I can't do that. Or I'm going to have another drink because. And it was all a bit of a lie and an excuse. Mm-hmm. So now when I talk to someone, if I can't go somewhere, I'm just honest. Yeah. Honesty has come with sobriety. Mm, that's a lovely thing. Yeah. Yeah. Honesty is good in every aspect of our lives, I would it say. It is. Always be honest. Um, for me, one is looking forward to stuff. Events, birthdays, Sundays, tea, bedtime. I know I won't misbehave anymore. <laughs> I used to dread going out because I knew that I was going to do something awful. And now I can look forward to events because I know I'm not going to be awful and drunk and spitty and have red wine, blotchy skin and just be a total mess. I same as you with the honesty, I can go into a situation and just be real and be happy about it and walk away and go, well, that was fine and I enjoyed myself and nothing weird happened and I don't have to explain myself to anyone the next day. So I can look forward to stuff. That is huge for me. I was dreading my whole life because I knew my behaviour so well. Mm. I knew if I went out, I would get the be the drunkest person in the room within 15 minutes of arriving yes. there. And now I don't have to worry about that which is amazing. Oh, it's so nice not to have to worry about that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And that's if you can get yourself out to events and things yes. like that, which we have talked about how difficult that can be. <laughs> that, can be a, yeah, that can be a whole thing in It can itself. be a little bit complex, this whole yes. sober thing. Um, I can breathe through my nose again. <sighs> Did you ever have problems breathing through your nose no, never. when you were drinking? No. Oh, God, I used to always get a blocked up nose every night. Now, yes, it could be to do with some other party drugs that yeah. I did consume <laughs> Probably. through about 20 years. We are party girls after all. Yes, ex-party girls. Yes, ex. Uh, Well, no, we still party, but we do it differently. But no, honestly. Party ladies. (laughs) (laughs) That's us. (laughs) Crazy in our granny pants. I don't think we'll ever be ladies. No. Especially me with me bloating. (laughs) It doesn't go together. No. Um, No, but I did notice um, sort of coming to the end of my drinking years that 
whenever I drank, which was most of the time, I couldn't wake up in the night for a million reasons. But one of them was because my nose was blocked. Right. And I noticed that it was when the nights when I'd been drinking a lot. So I actually looked it up online. Mm. And I discovered that it is from drinking. So before we did this podcast, I had a quick look and I've got a fact for you. Great. Alcohol has a natural effect in the skin and that's why you feel warm when you start drinking. And it could also lead to short-term nasal congestion as the many blood vessels in your nasal cavity expand. Gosh. So that's why my nose was getting blocked and I have got little vascular marks around my nose as well and that's why when you see really heavy drinkers have got broken veins around their face and that's what causes a drinker's nose i guess it is right yeah so i was getting to the point where i was getting a drinker's nose so that on top of my bloating Mm. my dodgy stomach my smug face yeah it's not a good look yeah we were talking about me maybe going out and starting dating yeah it's not (laughs) (laughs) you could list those things in your profile couldn't you that and being sober, I'm bound to get a good catch. Yeah. <laughs> Easily pleased. That's my next one. I used to need loads of entertainment to fulfil me. Mm. I thought that I needed drama, strippers, jokes, one night stands. I thought I needed to be surrounded by action and noise to keep me interested. And sobriety has obviously made me realise that I don't need any of those things to keep me happy. They were just things I thought went along with my wild ride. So actually, I'm so much more easily pleased, like just <laughs> simple things I for simple minds. <laughs> it's just about you? easily pleased. Easily I pleased, yeah. I could, I've just got this vision of you sort of watch, watching maybe an ant crawl over a rock. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> being really pleased Yeah, I do that all the time. It. Yeah, I think that things like that are incredible. <laughs> Like with my magnifying glass at home on my own. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. I burn them. I do know what you know. I, I get very excited about a piece of cake. Yes. I do like a nice piece of cake. I actually feel so excited about yes. a cup of tea and a piece of cake like I never did before. Yeah, so easily and pleased. And it's great being easily pleased, yeah. isn't it? You don't need all of this. There's no expectation. Yeah, you don't. You just don't need all that sort of... Although all, all the stripper, excitements though, that comes, stripper. Well, I wouldn't mind the odd stripper. Odd stripper would be all right, wouldn't it? Can we get John to do it? Yeah. <laughs> She's referring to my husband here. <laughs> I can talk him into anything. You can talk him into anything. He's very hairy, though. We were trying to get him to come put my TV up the other day. He's like an ape. I'm not sure it'd be... I'm not sure we'd want to see it. I wouldn't mind. Okay, I'll tell him. Okay, all right. I've got a little bow tie, actually. I've got a few days free this week. (laughs) I'll get him around Wednesday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Private showing. Private showing, love. Um, Now, the next point... I really wanted to bring this up in a podcast. I'm glad we're talking about this. <laughs> I'm going to call it too much love. And oh. they're actually your words yes. that I've used, Vic, because um, it was really funny. The other day I, I uh, phoned up the local clinic to get my vaccination done and um, it took ages to get through. But then the lady answered the phone. She was clearly really busy, but she was really kind and she booked me in. And just before we sort of said goodbye, I was overcome with a sense of sort of gratitude for the work that she was doing and I had to profusely thank her for for you know and tell her what a wonderful job she was doing being part of this vaccination program and then I put down the and I felt like such a dick. Yeah. And I messaged Vic and I said, I've just I've just told the vaccination lady what a wonderful job she's doing and I feel like a right Wally. And Vic messaged me back and she said too much love (laughs) and it just made perfect sense because when you're sober you are bursting with love for people Mm. and and I am now 10 and a half months and this is something that's come to me in the last couple of months I see the best in everyone I might look at watch a um 
a, a true crime drama on Netflix, you know, are they innocent or guilty? They're always innocent. Oh. <laughs> I always, always see the best in people and I love people. That's nice. And um, we actually talked about <laughs> Why don't you say what you... <laughs> well, we're talking about the funny things we do and I often... You know, I went on the dole once when I was... Which is, uh, the dole is for Australians. Yeah, for Australians, like on benefits, I guess. Yeah. When I was at, what, sort of 20 years old in England, and I hadn't been on the dole before. I hadn't had any benefits from the government. And we were laughing because <laughs> I actually wrote a letter to to the government when I was 19 years old to thank them for the free money that they sent me. <laughs> what a nice person I am. Yeah. I just feel like things like that I do go a bit soppy over because I just think it's nice that people would do that to support you in your time of need. I mean, I might be completely misguided. I, I absolutely <laughs> agree with it and I love the fact that you did that. And on my other my other business, for my business, not my other business, being single mums, I do a podcast and I often speak to Services Australia and the ATO and I, I'm often thanking them profusely for what yeah. they do for us as a yeah. country and say how lucky I feel to live in such a wonderful com- uh, country. But how I would describe that feeling of too much love is like... Um, sort of microdosing ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> I, which I, you shouldn't do. You of shouldn't course, do it. Which but what I'm saying right. yeah. is that you know, you don't need to do drugs. Yes. Just get sober because it is feels like you are doing them. You feel so full of love and happy. And you don't have the come down. You don't have the come down. But it's not that overwhelming feeling. Yeah. But it's just you feel love. It's a natural high of sobriety. It is. Yes. Yeah. And you just and you just love people around you. Yeah. That comes to my next point, which is being able to absorb nature. I like <laughs> I know, it's crazy. I, love this. I like licking leaves, sicking <laughs> sipping from puddles on my own. Um I'm more amazed by the world, how we are here and what keeps the world spinning. I still can't quite imagine staring at a star for too long because I find that all a bit overwhelming. But I appreciate the miracle that humans live on this planet and how lucky we are. It helps me appreciate life a bit more. I don't want to numb that out with alcohol. I don't want to numb out that feeling of of being alive. I mean, I mentioned it with my son choking a month ago and, you know, that as well. Things like that, things that big that happen that scare you. It makes you realise when you're sober how lucky you are just to be alive. I mean, it's a miracle, isn't it? <laughs> is it? Are you sure you haven't taken anything? <laughs> <laughs> but this is us normally, isn't yeah. it? This is us we're naturally. Happy. Yeah, we're happy. The miracle of life. The miracle of life. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Go on, next. Okay. Oh, mine isn't quite as profound, <laughs> this next one. My breath doesn't stink. Uh, actually, Lucy. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> the breath actually does stink. <laughs> oh, really? No, no, you're right. <clears throat> yeah, look, I, not only does my breath... We are 1.5 metres apart, <laughs> yeah, so we, I can't smell. very close. But your feet, on the other hand. <laughs> carry on. <laughs> anything else? No, just no. Carry anything on. else while you're at it? <laughs> no. I was going to say I smell less in general. You just smell when you in drink general. a lot, don't you? Don't you think you stink yeah, you when stink. you drink? Especially you when you when smoke. You, drink. you stink when you drink. And when you smoke, because I always used to smoke when I was drinking yeah. as well. And, and you just, and not just while you're doing it, but the following morning, often for oh. 24 hours afterwards, it's yeah. disgusting. I mean, my daughter's 18 and her and I went into her room the other morning and she was in bed with her boyfriend. And that smell afterwards mm. of them drink, of having drink, had a few drinks the night yeah. before, it's this sickly smell. It's disgusting. Yeah, horrible. Awful. But um, funnily enough, I went online to get a fact oh, yeah, about on. why Love we smell when we drink. And this did make me laugh. 
Alcohol is absorbed into your lungs, which is why you produce an odour from your breath. Your pores also produce an alcoholic scent that can make your body stink. Oh, lovely. (laughs) I thought that was really funny. Yeah, there you go. That's another one, sober dating, you know. Yes, you won't stink if you go on a sober date, so that's important. Yeah, and if you're going for that first kiss your breath won't won't smell either um for me one of my top ones is that i don't have as much washing now the next two for me are a little bit embarrassing but me and lucy like to be honest on our podcast so i'm going to be 100 percent honest because we are also talking about honesty was that every time i used to get really really drunk lucy throughout my life for many many years i used to always be sick always whether it was at the end of the night the next day or during it was often during because I would be sick and then carry on. It was kind of like to empty out my stomach to like get back yeah. on track and get another pint down my neck. Um, all part of the strategy. All part of the strategy. Yeah. No, cheat. What's the word? Cheat. Puking's cheating or something. Is it? I've not I heard that. I can't remember. I can't remember. What kind of is really? You weren't really a hardcore drinker after all, were you? No. Exactly. So anyway, my point is that I used to piss myself when I. <laughs> When I puked, because I would be puking up and the pressure of the puke coming out, because, you know, sometimes I used to heave up all this sort of sour bile and, like, you'd be heaving and your body would be trying to push out this toxic chemical almost that was in your body and I would heave so much that the pressure would make me piss myself. Never shut yourself? No, well... Only a couple of times. Not that you noticed till the following morning. <laughs> no, that's a story for another time, Lucy. That's right. Oh, I, I pissed myself a bit this morning. I was <laughs> bursting for the toilet, but I was in the middle of cooking and um, and I laughed at something and, yeah. you know, I had to change my knickers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think so it's it still too much in, It too much still in. happens in sobriety. Oh, oh, kids. Oh, dear. You know, I'm, 40, I'm nearly 47. I'm shaking my okay? head right yeah, it's okay. The, I'm not the, sure we should talk in, about it. On incontinence pads flashed in front of my eyes yeah. at that point, and I thought I'm into another phase of my life. <laughs> the time has come. <laughs> I needed incontinence pads early on in my life. So basically, even though Lucy does have to change her knickers quite a lot nowadays, <laughs> I don't as much. So that's my benefit. Not as much. Not as much. No. Um, so, <laughs> so, so yeah, I have less washing. Basically, is what it comes down to. I'm not often sick on anyone either, so I don't ever have to pay for anyone else's dry cleaning. So that's also good. Yeah. Which I used to happen occasionally. Yeah, it's expensive dry cleaning as well. Yeah, and a bit embarrassing to have to yeah. do it because you've thrown up over someone. Yeah, mine's a bit like one of your other points actually. I am more eco-friendly and kinder to animals. Oh, I hate us so much. I know. Um, no, but it's true. I've started mm. using. I started buying this zero co um, cleaning products, which is brilliant if anyone um, is looking to use less plastic around the home. Yes, we're not being paid for this. No, by the way. we're not being paid for it. But it's just. All this plastic waste in the oceans never used to bother me because I was so busy just trying to get from one end of the day to the other yeah. with my hangover and working out when I was going to have my next drink. But now I don't like thinking of that puffin with a printer cartridge in its stomach or anything like that. It makes me feel quite sick. Yeah, no. And right. so I want to do my bit for the planet. So I've started being more eco-friendly. I've started trying to eat <laughs> He's just laughing at it off at me. Oh, just the puffin with what in it? Have you not seen that on TV? You no, know it just that, sounds like, like a massive thing in a tiny puffin. It I can't, is, it oh, is. Oh, I don't want to know. Look it up online. Okay, can you, you send me the link? You will see the picture of the puffin with a printer cartridge in its stomach. Oh, that's awful. It's awful what these poor birds, the plastic. Anyway, I'm not going to go. I don't get me started. Okay, yeah. But I never really gave a shit. You know, yeah. I was aware of it, but I was too worried about myself I was just too selfish 
I'm worrying about where the next drink came from. And now I no, do. You, I worry. No, about you're the not planet. selfish. <laughs> but I, I, I'm like you, Vicky. I look around and I see the world and I think, isn't it beautiful? Don't we live on a beautiful planet? Yeah. And I want to be part of keeping it that way. Yeah. And so I have become more eco-friendly. I've become kind to animals. I try not to eat them anymore. And it's because I've got space and room in my head to make more educated choices. Yes. So it does all sound crazy. But it's true. No, but and it happens. It's something, it, it, does, it does. It's something that happens. And also, I think you watch a lot more television, which means you watch a lot more documentaries <laughs> on, you know, like dolphins being slaughtered in Japan and all of those things. Have you watched all those? Yeah, and I can't cons- eat fish. Yeah, and Cowspiracy and the fish one. There's all of these documentaries. And obviously, when you're sober, you don't go out as much. I watch a lot of documentaries. Mm. So I guess you're being influenced in those ways more as well. Cause you are, yeah. I don't I, remember the documentaries. I mean, people, when Seaspiracy came out, I think that if I was drinking, I'd be like, I can't watch it because I'm too anxious anyway. If yeah. I watch it, it's going to really, really spike my anxiety. I'm just going to feel terrible. Yeah. But because I have clarity, I think I'm going to watch this. I'm going to educate myself. And mm. that's where these decisions come from. Yes. And I'm really, really happy to be making them because I, um, think they're really I, feel, I feel they're educated decisions. Yeah. Well done. Thank you, Vicky. You said, the, the first nice thing you said yes, to me sorry, in this Lucy, podcast. That is amazing. We, I feel like we're turning a corner. Okay, good. Yeah, we're friends again now. Well, you're making me laugh too much today, so I have to keep <laughs> covering the mic up because I'm giggling too much. Okay, so less medical situations is one of mine. I don't have to visit the judgmental lady at Boots to get the morning after pill anymore. Obviously, before I was at married. Boots, people will wonder what you're talking yes, about Boots there. the chemist in England, so for those Aussies price listening, line. yeah, Priceline. I don't have to go to the doctors with any weird rashes. Uh, I don't get as many injuries. We are going to talk about the injuries a little bit deeper in our next podcast because our next podcast is entitled Risk and that's about all the risks we took that um, when we were drinking, but we'll go into that next time. Um, so obviously my obvious one with less medical situations was blowing my finger off with a firework. Um, yeah, so there was a lot of medical situations I ended up in. One was picking mushrooms and a hill in the 1990s and breaking my ankle whilst up a hill with a beanie. <laughs> So, yeah, loads and loads of situations like that that I, you know, I still get injuries here and there, but they're not quite as dramatic as my drinking mm. injuries, Lucy. Yeah, I've got lots of scars over my body from, mm. from my years of drinking and the damage I've caused to myself. And they're always a little reminder yeah. not to drink. But I was yeah. going to change the, the title of that one from less medical situations to no more venereal diseases. <laughs> Maybe you, but not me, young uh, yeah. lady. You've still not got me. a chance, Lucy. I'm married, so I won't have the chance to get any more yeah, STDs. I have to admit, I, uh, I'm i glad that I don't have to have any more of those STD or STI yeah, checks. You're going up the clinic, love. <laughs> 25 years of doing that is just too much. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't have to do any of those humiliating walks of shame anymore no, to those, to no, those clinics. We, yes, we don't waste their time as well. I mean, I'm sure they've got better things to do yeah. than have to look after us and all our drunken injuries. Exactly. Exactly. They've got a lot more bum holes to look up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next. Um, yeah. So. Vision in my head. Yeah. Sorry. I only have to watch Netflix shows once because I have said it before on this podcast, and I'm really quite ashamed to admit it. But I also think it's a bit funny now. Mm. Now that I'm out of it. I have watched whole Netflix series um, and not remembered any of it. Not just an episode, I'm telling you here, the whole series. And then I will sit down to watch Netflix, 
put it on and I noticed that I've watched it all and I think I don't remember watching it so I start to watch it again and tiny bits of it come back to me and in fact I was just so off my head I didn't remember any of it and that's something that we're going to cover in another podcast about drinking behind closed doors because that's a really really serious problem that we haven't really covered we're talking a little bit more about being out and partying but yeah it does save a lot of time when you don't have to watch everything twice yeah and I think that, that drinking behind closed doors is, um, I think it's almost, I know we talk about socially acceptable alcoholics, which I guess I was, and you were more of a behind closed mm. doors drinker. At the end I was, sure. Yeah, at the end you were. And I think it's really important that we do discuss that at some point. So, yeah, to make to make sure that, you know, they're different in those situations, but mm. they really are the same. They're the same problem yeah. in a different disguise, And I they? certainly think that here and now with the lockdowns and everything now in the past and still continuing into the future, especially here in Australia, a lot of people are drinking behind closed closed doors more and more yes and it is a very real problem and it was for me it was really my downfall was was getting you know I got to the point where I actually wouldn't go out because I could drink more at home yeah so that alone drinking is taking it up a notch almost it is yeah Yeah. it takes it to another level and you know that the fact that you can actually not remember a whole series of Netflix yeah is is a worry. There's a few series on there, though. To be honest, like, <laughs> I wouldn't have mind missing out on. I've wasted, you know, yeah, but I have a to few watch weeks it. having to watch to the end where I would rather have probably been in a blackout. But I have to watch them <laughs> twice to the end. Yeah, God, nightmare. It's like torture. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> that's why it's so good. That's yeah. like the high points of sobriety. Yeah. You only have to watch the shit shows yeah. once. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> No more shame-filled phone calls. You don't have to do sickies or make phone calls to people with no idea if you've slept with their flatmate, puked in their camp bed or did a piss on their landing and their mum having to put you to bed. That is something that happened to me once. I went on a work do. I really fancied a boy there. I mean, I was, I'm talking about 22 years old and I don't remember much about the evening. I remember thinking I've really got to show these people what a good drinker I am and getting really drunk and staying at this girl's house. And the next thing I remember is they had these really thick white carpets on their landing and their mum sort of grabbing my elbow as I... I just remember the weed soaking into the carpet. <laughs> like It was like a really... <laughs> you yeah. pissed yourself on the carpet. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not making myself So how did that good. go down the next morning? Well, I'll tell you did exactly... Did you pretend it was a dog? No, I'm going to tell you exactly what happened the next morning. I was completely humiliated and I'd said to the girl that I was with, please don't tell anyone about this at work because I would be so embarrassed... Um, and she went into work. I was going into the afternoon shift. She was doing the morning shift. By the time I got there, she had told everyone that I'd pissed on their landing. And I was absolutely humiliated, so much so that I left the job that day. Did you not even go in? I know, I went and I got there and everyone was laughing at me and saying, so you oh, just we, walked out? I just walked out. I yeah. couldn't deal with it. I would rather lose my job. I mean, I was just working in like TGI Fridays, mm. carrying those big trays Which of is like refried a, um, beans around. It's like an American sort of fast like food restaurant. Sort of place, isn't yeah. It? yeah. And I was so humiliated that I just couldn't even face it. I just walked straight out of the and door. And I'm with you. But I mean, how humiliating though. Yeah. I mean, imagine doing that. Well, I mean, it's the sort of things that we were doing, isn't it? But also for people to jump on it as well. Everyone's drunk. Everyone's done something stupid. Nobody's perfect. Like it was an awful thing for me to do. But hey, I'm sure somebody else has done something just as bad. And I did feel awful about it. But again, you shouldn't laugh at people for doing something like that. I was just drunk. Like I shouldn't have had to leave my job throughout. It was awful. And I just remember looking at the boy that I really fancied with, and just thinking, oh. oh my God, I hope I never, ever see you again. Yeah, awful. definitely blew your chances with him, yeah, didn't Yeah, I did, you? yeah. 
Not a good look, pissing Not on someone's look. carpet. No. Especially a nice, white, fluffy one. Yeah. You're a bit like, you know, like the way dogs find like nice little cosy spots to shit. You're a bit, <laughs> a bit like that, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, I'm a bit like that. I don't mind. A bit that. of an old dog. The bit tables have turned on this yes, podcast. It's all turned against me. <laughs> I deserve it. I deserve it. <laughs> ah. um, now, my next one, um, I'm going to go all sensible, I think, with my next one. I've sort of said you don't have to constantly readdress the balance of your life. I always feel um, that when I was drinking, my life was completely out of control. So when I was sober and not hung over, when I was sober and not hung over, those rare moments, I spent ages trying to get my life into back back into some sort of normality. Everything had to be perfect in my life. So I was yo-yoing between complete disarray and perfection. And it was exhausting doing that. You know, my house had to be immaculate so that I, when I and next got absolutely hammered, it was it was all going to be okay if my house was nice and clean. I don't worry about that so much now. My house will be a bit of a mess and I'm relaxed with it. But also, I suppose you're trying to keep the impression up to people, like keeping up appearances. Yes, saying, it Look, is. My house is tidy. I might be fucked up in this part of my life mm. but this part of my life yeah. is okay so therefore I'm okay you're trying to kind of keep a balance going. Yes. and not just other people Vic but yourself you yes, think yourself. my house is tidy I'm, I'm in control of this yeah. and it was a very exhausting yo-yo sort of seesaw thing going on but now it's like the seesaws stop swinging we're just chilling out the house might be a bit of a mess but it doesn't matter so the balance has come to life and balance yeah. is extremely important yes. and that definitely comes with sobriety I think bal- balance and honesty those two things for us are very very important yeah they are they? yeah um i eat better um oh i've missed one i was going to talk about my teeth um <laughs> oh how exciting sorry for yeah us. just very quickly i have huge problems with my gums now because of drinking i never really took care of my teeth and um, when i was traveling i traveled for 10 years and lived out of a bag i didn't take great care of myself generally because of alcohol and being sick and all of these things and now i have terrible gums which is costing me a fortune to to sort out so yeah look after your teeth people yeah, just look after yourself look in after general. Yourself like drinking, your, you're just yeah. abusing your body and killing yeah. yourself. Every yeah. single part of your body. Yeah. but and, and it shows up in different places. Like I've got a problem with my lymph system. You've got a problem with your teeth. And a yeah. lot of that is related they're, to years of abuse to our body. From, yeah, from our drinking days. Um, I've got a completely different relationship with my toilet. I'm no longer looking down at it and cleaning dried vomit off of the rim. I use it generally to, well, to go to the toilet, if I can make it, that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's nice to use a toilet yeah, for what just, it was yeah. built for. <laughs> yeah. Instead of having your head in it. Yeah. I eat better. I did go vegan, actually, when I first gave up drinking, but actually I got shingles. I did it too quickly. Was that from being vegan? Yeah, apparently if you stop um, being a meat eater very, very right. quickly instead of doing it in stages, you can you can get unwell from it. I actually did get shingles. Um, I know I'm making myself sound a bit like Baldrick from... Or from Blackadder. Yeah. You're like a medieval urchin in this episode. Well, that's with a blast our teeth from the and past. Our... Yeah. yeah. We yeah sound me like, like my so... bloating. Yeah. You and your totally... dodgy teeth. We're falling apart. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm generally vegetarian now. I do eat meat occasionally when I go and see my mum, which you can all hate me for, I don't care. Um I'd say I'm about ninety five percent uh vegetarian, but because I'm more aware, like Lucy, of 
of like taking care of the planet and things. Yeah, I do try and be as much vegetarian as I can. And you do like can. the pork dumplings, don't you? I do like the occasional pork dumplings. So yeah, I try my best. Um, and I'm prone to treats and I don't beat myself up about it. I'm just generally more aware of my health. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Again, and that's about having space and time to make the right decisions, yes. to get educated and make decisions rather than just shoving any food in your mouth because yeah. it makes you feel good because you're hungover or you haven't got the time to yes. make something healthy. I used to always eat a pizza when I was hungover. It was like I won like to try and make myself feel yes. better I'd be like I'd get a pizza and a can of coke <laughs> and just to try and make myself feel better than I felt in that yeah. moment well you spent yeah. the whole day eating your way out of a hangover yeah. pepperoni passion I think yeah. it's or, called or when you when you get really drunk I mean I used to get so drunk again this is behind closed doors you get so drunk that you don't eat your dinner at the time that you should and then you finish drinking you're absolutely starving and you don't know what you've eaten until you come out the next morning and see the mess in the kitchen yeah um, but we'll talk about that a bit more. I feel less toxic in so many ways. When I first went to a therapist when I stopped drinking, um, she asked me to draw a picture of what my life was like when I was drinking and what I wanted to be like it to be like when I stopped drinking. And um, I am very unartistic and, and not creative at all, so I was worried about it, but I actually got quite into it. And on the picture where I f- how I felt when I was drinking, I made it really, really busy and I had um, a skull and crossbone, which oh, yeah. looked a bit like a hot cross bun because I can't draw. <laughs> and I had um, like lightning strikes and clouds and rain. and Like chaos. Yeah, chaos. The whole picture, the whole page was filled. I even put my cats on there and they had sad faces and mm. my kids were on there as well. And there was... Um, bottles and glasses and it was horrible and then on the other page I just had like a peace symbol and then lots of white space that was what you want your life to be yeah I wanted peace and I wanted space but the 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 picture of the drinking was so toxic I felt toxic Mm. that's all gone now I don't radiate toxicity wherever I go and Mm. I genuinely felt that I did so much so that I couldn't grow a plant Mm. I literally if I bought a plant or try to grow anything, it just wilted in front of me. Mm. I thought I'd give this one a bit of a test. So about a month ago, I started buying herbs, which I now grow on my balcony. Mm. And I tell you what, Vic, I'm a bit green-fingered. Oh, really? Yeah, I just feel I'm not I'm not toxic any, anymore. I, I, I am nurturing and mm. I'm able to give. And the way that I look after things and I care for things, yes. it shows. There's a real difference in my life. Yeah. I'm just... Um, I can grow things. Gosh. I can grow things. It's amazing. I swear that it's because I don't drink anymore. Do you think you were just forgetting to feed the plants? Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> like I say, I'm more nurturing now. I yeah. feed them. So, yeah, they don't die. <laughs> yeah. No, it's more than that. Yeah. <laughs> My aura is it's, different. Right, okay. They're feeding from your aura. Are you? Poss- very, do you very just, possibly. Do you just stand with your hand over them? Didn't they grow they as do. you watch them? <laughs> They like me. Yeah. Okay, that's All good. Right. Plants like you. My kids and my cats like me. Okay, no one well, else does. Good. Yeah. Plant, no, I like you. <laughs> Even though I might not seem like I do. <laughs> oh, here we go. I don't say what I think all the time. Actually, <laughs> Is that your next point? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know whether I can... I read even... to think what you were like before. Yeah, imagine. Oh, my God. Right, God be shit. Okay, I am maturing in lots of ways, realising... That I don't like confrontation. Learning different ways to deal with drama. I walk away unless someone gives me a narrow-minded opinion on gender equality, gay rights, sobriety, or any of those <laughs> things. Otherwise, then I might jump Other on than your that, back. You're really yeah. open-minded. Other, <laughs> no, I'm I'm open-minded on those things. But anyone says anything against those things, then they've got trouble. 
Um, if somebody especially tells me if they eat limbles out of the fridge, then I do get very, very annoyed. Yeah, but I don't I get annoyed. That. What I'm trying to say is here, I don't get annoyed about things as much. I can sort of realise in the grand scheme of things, if I am annoyed with something, I can try and put it in a box and put it away rather than venting over it and causing drama around it. I think mm. that's what I'm trying and to say. And also about yeah. having acceptance. So accepting that other people have different opinions and exactly. that's okay. And sitting back and just like letting the argument go yeah. on and saying, well, actually, I don't want to be part of this because this is toxic and I'm not not part of this anymore. Yeah, I feel like that as well. It's I healthy agree with to you. step back, I think, and I don't think I did that as much before. I mean, I don't mean I got in arguments a lot. I, I didn't. I've never been a, a person that argues, but I got wound up by things a lot. Hmm. And now when I see people getting wound up about minor things, I think, gosh, just... You know, we're lucky to be here. We have these amazing yes. lives. Like, these are small things. You know, there's people a lot worse off than we are, especially in lockdown, you know. there's That does come up a lot, people moaning about being in lockdown. But actually, you know, we're just lucky to be here. And I know it's hard and it is relative, but there's some people always a lot more worse off. And I think sobriety gives you that kind of open-mindedness to see that you're okay and that the world is okay mm. and, and that you don't have to be angry with people. It's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, and it's that anger, isn't it, that sort of sits simmering inside you because yeah. you're very when you're trying to give up drinking and you can't and you're full of self-loathing and hate and, and stress you know that anger does surface very quickly in the conversations mm. that you have with other people yeah so being not being narrow-minded about anything I think like to, to educate yourself on all things is going to make you definitely happier having any sort of hate for anybody you know we're all about equality mm. and honesty yeah. and in this podcast as well you know we're really supportive of those things and for me, when I see people having hatred, I f almost feel sorry for them because mm. I know that that you know that would make you drink for a start, having that hatred in you. But also, it's going to make you unhappy. Will we? Uh, will we talk about the politicians? No, no, you can't talk about that. That's not allowed. <laughs> politicians is not allowed. Okay, yeah. we won't tell. No, no. <laughs> can't go there. Um, I can go out in public now with, without worrying about seeing people who have witnessed me off my rocker. Yeah. Um, I did, you know, this used to happen a lot. I live in a sort of small town in quite a large space. So you see the same people over and over again. And, you know, there are so many times this has happened to me and times when I haven't known it's happened because I don't remember even seeing the people when I was drunk, but they probably know me and oh, the yeah. antics I've got up to. And that's one of the reasons I didn't really like going out of the house because I was just too embarrassed about mm. seeing people who saw me drunk. I can remember once going to and my local nightclub and I was so hammered that the nightclub owner actually gave me a lift home which oh. I know is terrifyingly scary because I didn't even know him mm. but he turned out to be quite a nice guy because he did literally take me home he must have just thought she is never going to make it home on her own oh gosh and then I saw him in a queue at the bank the next day you know that is just such an embarrassing thing you know and I was queuing up in my work clothes in a different life mm. and that would those kind of things would happen all the time, and it makes you not want to go out your front door. So that could almost that almost caused you to be a stay at home drinker. It did. It was yeah. a very very big part of it. I didn't want to go out and be seen because I was just too ashamed. Isn't that funny that you didn't think at that time you didn't think oh maybe I should not drink. I don't know. I just won't go out. Yeah, I just won't go out. Yes, Instead, I'll drink at home. It wasn't an option. It's funny how that mind just gets so mm. pickled, doesn't it, that you can't mm. see out of it. So you think, gosh, I'm so ashamed. I've been so awful. These terrible things have happened. happened. So actually, I'm just going to continue doing them, but I'm going to stay at home and do yes. them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, it got to the point as well where not only would I not go out because I was worried about what I'd done out, but I would not go out and drink because I was too embarrassed about what I might do when I was drinking. And that's where the at-home drinking begins. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm. Um, 
that relates to this one as well, actually, which I just have better relationships um, with everybody in my family unit. So with my parents, my sisters, and also I know who my mates are. You know, there's a saying that sobriety shows you who your friends are. And I think that's very true. True mates are the ones that stick with you, you know, buy you an orangina at the bar and ask you how you're doing. Um, yeah, do. that's yeah, right. Because some yeah. people don't like to talk about um, sobriety sometimes because they might be struggling or someone they know is struggling or their partner or something. So they sometimes find it very, very confronting to talk about. And that's okay. I don't mind that. But it's nice to, for people to ask, how are you doing and what is – because it is life-changing for someone that's drank mm. all their life to now be a sober person like Lucy and I. Um, so it's nice to ask how we're doing. We do appreciate that. Um so, yeah, so it's easier to know who your mates are in sobriety, yeah. for sure. And, yeah, you, you, we discover a lot about ourselves as people, but also about our friends as people as yeah. well. Um, and you find out who's going to stick by you yeah. um, and who isn't. Um, yeah, um, one of mine, a really big one, is no more unexplained breakages or damages around mm. the house. I was mm. forever, you know, I, I can remember years and years ago having a brand new light grey carpet and spilling a whole bottle of waking up in the morning a whole bottle of red wine tipped on its side oh. just all over it it'd only been in, it'd been in my my apartment about about 24 hours this carpet ruined by just red lot, wine there was a lot of carpet ruining in the wine days yeah it was there? a lot of car- yeah I mean that's probably a good that's why I've got tiles yeah <laughs> I do though. I do remember a lot we of my go teens. Back to carpet. Maybe yeah. we're sensible enough to have carpet again. Now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can get carpet. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's another plus for carpet our list. shopping this week. Yeah, so when you're sober, you can have carpet. You're sensible <laughs> enough for carpet. But another one that I did um, on my very last night of drinking before I became sober, I don't know how I did it, but I got up the next morning. I will say I got up because I was lying face down on the living room floor um, and walked into the kitchen and. Um, there was I've got a stone work surface and there's a big chunk of stone out of it. And you can't remember? Can't, I can't remember how I did it. I don't know where the stone is that came out. But oh, I mean, it, you would have to hit it with such force. Right. And you know, that's just a couple of examples for me of yeah. breakages around the home. Have you got anything? I'm sure you've the got main, one or two. The main breakish one, break, this is really humiliating this podcast today. Um, <laughs> so the worst one I ever did of breaking something was Somebody, I was in Thailand. I'd been drinking buckets. Do you know about the buckets mm, in Thailand? Mm. It, they fill Explain, them up. Though. So it's uh, Coca-Cola mixed with something that's got formaldehyde in it, which is what pickles brains. Oh. And it's actually like, I think it's called B22 or something. It's a bottle like Red Bull. So it's that whiskey and Coke all mixed together in a big bucket and you hand them around and you take sips out of them. And at the time, it's one of those drinks where you don't feel that pissed when you're drinking and then suddenly you stand up and you 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 know you can't even walk. And, and you wonder why. And you just, you're just completely <laughs> out of it. I've done buckets uh, this night that I'm talking about. I went into a blackout, can't remember anything. The next thing I remember is the door of my little shack that I was sleeping in being knocked on and it was the owner of the resort who dragged me outside and said, why you break door, why you break door? And I looked down and I had I had gone to bed and for some reason I couldn't, I wanted to get out and I couldn't get out and I'd actually break, broken the door so that I could crawl through it. I'd actually kicked a hole in a door and the guy what a hole large enough to crawl through yeah I'd crawled out and escaped apparently (sighs) and they'd had to come put me back to bed can't remember any of it nothing no recollection whatsoever I guess I'd done it I don't even know I can't remember doing it you probably did probably did (laughs) (laughs) I'll try and deny that for a moment but I think it was probably me I reckon it was you it was my foot shape around the (laughs) was it your body shape like a a cartoon like splat (laughs) straight through with my arms in the air (laughs) 
<laughs> but actually the owner pulled me out by my ear and packed my bag for me and drove me out of the town. How humiliating. Oh, my God. It was the worst. How awful. I can't even believe I've just told you that story. We he actually drove really... me out of the town. Yeah, because it, it's like you were so awful that you couldn't be trusted in any of yeah, the places he's like, in town. don't ever come back here again. You're not welcome. You're probably like a legend, oh, I'm actually a past cring- legend, the oh, door breaker. I'm actually cringing about it now. I've got, yeah. yeah, let's not talk about that anymore. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that is, but yeah, <sighs> so many breakages. And it's great yeah. just to wake up in the morning and all your furniture to be intact. Also... I know I'm cringing about it now, but that wasn't a sane version of me. That no. is not who I am doing those And it sort of took things. things like that for yeah. you to get sober. Exactly. You I know. haven't done those things. I'm sorry for that man whose door I broke, but yeah, yeah, anyway. My next one is waking up with a steady heartbeat. I wrote a blog post about this one. I'll share it actually at the end of, mm, end do, of yeah. the podcast. Um, that is one of my favourite things is just waking up and my heart not pumping out of my chest. You know, I don't wake up in the middle of the night having to have that pint of water and feeling like I'm going to have a heart attack. I wake up and my heart is slow. It's mm. like a normal oh. rate. And I just wake up and it's just a really normal morning and I don't have that anxiety. And especially I've married a lovely man who brings me a coffee in, in the morning before I get up. So that's lovely too. But that feeling of a steady heartbeat yes. in the morning is just wonderful. Completely understand that one thing. It's horrible waking up with your, your, you know, your heart just going off in your chest. Oh, and I can remember having a stabbing pain as well. I think that was proper anxiety attack, mm, mm. and that was caused purely through drinking. So, yeah, that's a really good one. And now my next one's quite obvious, but I do want to bring it up. But it's about being a better mom, mm. and I want to bring it up because yes, obviously, when you stop drinking, you become a, a better mom. So that could have been on our very first list of things about you know the obvious things. But I can't tell you how much it's changed my motherhood journey. I just it's not so much about just being a better mum it's about enjoying being a mum it's changed everything Mm. for me and for my kids being sober and we've talked about the fact that I did it quite late on they're both in their mid to late teens and it's and I know I've still got so many more mothering years ahead of me and I am really looking forward to them as a sober person. Yeah, and also you've taken away that toxic messaging. We do go away, um, we do talk about that in our, our episode, Tequila Shots and Tiny Tots. We go over um, and reiterate that point because we are better mums. We're not perfect mums. Um, uh, for example, I went to an aquarium this week and in the old days I would have sort of been retching into the toilets but this week I was enthusiastic about a fish. So <laughs> things have changed. <laughs> the thing is with the aquarium is they've got those kind of conveyor belts that go through tunnels. They used to make me feel a bit queasy when oh, yeah, I was hungover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was always hungover doing stuff like always, that with my kids. And always. now I'm not. But we're not saying we're perfect because we hate that. I mean, I think we said our little saying, you know, we like, we're not perfect, Lucy and I. We're fucked up, but we're trying to do better. And that's that's what this podcast is about, is the saying that we are fucked up. These, these stories do represent us in our lives, but being better mums is part of who we are now and how we, we've developed as parents since yeah. we became sober and we can see the error of our ways. You know, I still see the errors of my ways this week in lockdown. You know, I shouted probably too much. I felt guilty afterwards and... But at least I'm there to witness my successes and my failures. Yes, exactly. And I, I mean, and I've got an 18 year old daughter who who's out drinking tonight because it's the first night out of lockdown. And I, 
I have to deal with her being out drinking, but I've got so much experience with drinking that I can really help her through it. And mm. I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, she wants me to, I can be sober to go and get her if she needs to be got. Yeah, you're um, available. I can check she's okay. I can make a call to her. I'm not drinking at home like I usually was. Yeah. Or sort of half passed out on the couch watching, non-watching a Netflix show. Yeah. We are better mums in a million different ways. And it is hard to explain how much it changes changes being a mother yeah. getting sober so that's a really important one on this list another one i'd like to mention vic is that i still own all of my belongings i don't know how many denim jackets i have lost <laughs> denim jackets. over my i Cardies. mean I, yeah denim jackets and cardies were the main things but there was phones car keys mm. and having to go back into bars and ask mm. people if they'd seen them the humiliation of it oh. shoes mm. bars knickers yeah <laughs> doesn't surprise me no i was always losing stuff and i think that most people who drink heavily and go out will probably find that that happens to them as well so it's nice to actually have all my belongings yeah. for once yeah that re- it actually relates to my next one which is you losing your knickers and bras was that the general public don't have to see my tits and ass anymore. <laughs> oh, aren't they lucky? Lucky devils. Yeah, only my husband gets to see them. <laughs> oh, he's a lucky And the children man. occasionally when I do the <laughs> nudie dance. <laughs> yeah, I used to do flashing and all sorts of horrible drunken behaviour, especially when I went on a girls' holiday to Greece, you know. I just used to do all those sorts of horrible bum flashing and things like that. It's just yeah. gross. Oh, no yeah, wants it just to see seemed like bum, a really good idea. Did, what, yeah. what made us do I that? Know, I think we thought we were being ladettes or rebellious yeah. or something like that. It flashes your tits yeah, or something. Yeah, we thought we were being funny. Also, we probably had quite good tits then. No, I've never had good tits. <laughs> <laughs> Always been like the, wind socks, mine. <laughs> It depends on the angle that yeah. you sort of yeah. flash them at. Yeah. Um, I got quite good at getting that right pro. angle. Yeah, you're a pro. <laughs> I wouldn't try it now, though. Yeah, best to keep those covered up now. Yeah. Um, safely tucked away in our woolly jumpers and cardigans. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm just going to put one in here. I am just so much happier. Yes. I was suffering with clinical depression and um, I don't anymore. I... Um, I genuinely thought at that time that it was a booze that was making me feel better and that I couldn't live without it. I didn't realise um, that it was a booze that was making me feel worse. I thought before I got sober that it was just going to be this like hideous, um, jaw-clenching, white-knuckle ride of Mm -hmm. living life without booze. Not that at all. I am a happy person now. Mm. I was not a happy person when I was drinking. So much so that I feel my smile's different. When I smile, it feels different. Genuine. It feels genuine and natural. It just And I didn't realise it until I started smiling properly that for years, my smile wasn't real. That's mm. what booze did to me. Mm. We talk about that fake smile a lot. I remember doing that. I still do it now occasionally on sober outings, that fake smile, mm. because, you know, that environment, that sort of pub or bar or that, you know, going out for dinner, that environment is quite triggering for me. So I sort of have to put on that happy it comes sober out. face. The, like, yeah, I'm the old, the old pretend yes. smile comes out. Yeah, because I just want to show everyone, look, I can do this. So I do have a problem still trying to get that fake smile, mm. make it more genuine. But generally, sobriety will make you much happier than you were when you were a drinker. I think yeah. that must be a fact. But I honestly thought that by taking away the booze, I was going to be totally miserable to the day I died. Yeah. That is what I thought. That is happen. a fallacy. That and is that a... is what most people think is going to happen, yeah. but it doesn't. It changes every single part of your yeah. world. And the chemicals in your brain change. Like, mm. I mean, that's the next part I'm going on to is, is the work 
that your brain starts working and that would have repercussions with with what we're talking about making you feel happier mm. when your brain the cogs in your brain start to work again you're going to feel more functional you're going to feel more capable so therefore you're going to feel happier like you are yeah and you can do things like you can write again. I mean, I have to write articles for my website a lot and I'd stop doing it because I didn't like sitting with my own thoughts inside my own head. And I remember when I was about two months sober, I remember messaging you and saying, I've written an article for the first time in months mm. because my brain allowed me to do it. All the horrible negative thoughts were, yeah. were slowly filtering out. And when they went, it left this space to be creative and to actually use your brain again. Yeah, and be confident in yourself. And be yeah. like, I've created something that's good. Whereas before, you'd probably mm. create something and go, oh, this is a bit rubbish yeah. and start questioning yourself and all of these things. And it things. probably was rubbish if you tried to create it while and, you were heavily drinking. But also now I don't care as much. All I know is yes. that I'm always trying my best to, when I write articles for my website as well. Like I, I'm always trying my best. And if people don't like them or people don't agree with them, that's fine. I mean, don't I can't do anything. Thing about that mm. I know in the grand scale of things this little article that I've written isn't really that important but I just put myself into it and that's enough for me yeah it makes you feel good yeah so your brain changing is really important in sobriety um, they say sobriety feels like a superpower your brain realises you're capable that you're able to find out what truly makes you happy do you mind if I rip my shirt Lucy like a like a superhero I thought you weren't going to show your tits oh yeah <laughs> And that didn't last very long, did it? No, sorry. <laughs> Back to my old ways. <laughs> old habits. Yes, old habits die oh, hard. Is it old dogs? <laughs> yeah, the old dogs. Right, so we've got some tips and takeaways. Yeah, we have. We've got a bit over time, but that, that, I'm sure mean, you don't mind, listener. It doesn't matter. One listener. We, well, there's, <laughs> there's so many really good things that we had to talk about, so yes. I thought this would go over this one. So make no mistake, choosing to ditch the booze is not some flimsy goal that it would be good to kick it's a big lifestyle choice which will affect pretty much every area of your world for however long you stay sober although the thought of getting and staying sober might be a bit overwhelming and even when you're sober you might feel drawn back to the dark side the benefits of sobriety far outweigh the brief moments of false fulfillment that you get from booze you can listen to us rattle on as much as you like, but the only way to really experience this beautiful box of complimentary treasures that sobriety brings is to stop drinking. Yes, sobriety is like a little mint wafer chocolate being left on your pillow every morning, isn't oh, it? Oh, it is. Or oh, that first cup of tea of the morning. Yeah. Yes. Sobriety really is a gift that keeps on giving because the longer you stay alcohol free, the better life becomes. And of course, the easier sobriety becomes too. It does get easier the longer you do it. And just remember, we were party girls that had deeply ingrained misconceptions about sobriety and sober people. But we are proof you can change and be happy with those changes. It's okay to be sober. It really, really is. Everyone's unique and everyone's quest to quit booze is unique. We haven't ruined all the surprises about what to expect in sobriety because you will have your own revelations. Vic and I have more to come and we love looking forward to them and sharing them with each other whenever they happen. Feel free to share what you love about sobriety with us, however weird or wonderful it may be, by emailing Vic at drunkmummysobermummy at gmail.com. A common misconception is that sobriety is about living your normal life minus the booze. But it goes way deeper than that. Take it from us that sobriety makes life as good as it can possibly be. 
It's like running into the ocean naked, like dancing on a podium in a club, like the best sex you've ever had, but without having to do any of that. Confused? Try sobriety. Then you'll know what we mean. Yeah. Try it. Try it. Just Try give it, it a go. You'll like it. I mean, also, I will say this a lot to people as well. You've done drinking. I've done drinking. Like, we have done it. We can't mm. say we hadn't done it. Try something else. Yeah, Give it a go. New. Even if you do it for a year, just try it and yeah. then see what happens after that year. Just give it a go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to do the same thing and be the sheep forever. Be the one that's swimming up river like that Yeah, cheeky like, trout. Is it a trout? No, it's a salmon. salmon. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that salacious salmon. <laughs> <laughs> Our book this week is The Sober Lush, A Hedonist's Guide to Living a Decadent, Adventurous, Soulful Life alcohol-free. It's by Amanda Eyre Ward and Jardine LeBaire. So yeah, I thought I've I've read that one. It's brilliant, really inspiring. I thought our listeners would like that too. My quote is, I understand myself only after I destroyed myself and only in the process of fixing myself did I know who I really was. I thought that was a lovely one. I'm not sure who that's by actually. It was anonymous, that one. Um, And also I'm here today, Lucy, to it's almost like a proposal I've got for you, like oh a my, marriage proposal. Oh my God, I was I'm, halfway I'm out doing the door. It. I, I thought we'd finished. I'm going to do it live on the podcast because then you can't get out of it. But, but you're already married. I'm officially inviting you to breakfast next weekend to come out on uh, with my sober group because I know you find it hard to come out. So I'm going to officially invite you to come to breakfast next Saturday and then I'm going to report on the podcast how it went. How does that sound? You've really, really stitched me up, haven't you? Yeah, I have a bit, yeah. What time is it? 8.30. <gasps> Come on. I feel, can do it. I feel like I've been backed into a corner. Yeah, you have. Come on, Lucy. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Thank you for the invite, though. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm being asked out on a day. I think you're like, I feel like you're turning me down. I'm going to have to walk away with a sad shuffle. No, I've not turned you down yet. I will. I would definitely attempt to I'm, come. I'm, I'm not putting you on spot. I just want you to think about it because I, I don't want you to be a hermit forever. I will definitely think about it. Can we okay. do it an hour later? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Half past nine fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Sober Awkward podcast. If alcohol is affecting your life in a negative way, you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time for you to reach out for help. Contact your local doctor, a therapist or connect with a local AA or sobriety group. In fact, Vicky's got a really great one. Yeah, it's the Sober Social for Sober Curious Women. You can just search for that on Facebook. Lucy and I will both agree that even though this journey can be awkward, it's definitely worth it. And if we can do it, then you can too. For more support around sobriety, head to my website, drunkmummysobermummy.com and Lucy runs an online space to support and inspire single mums. Find out more at beanstalkmums.com.au Finally, if you've loved the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to subscribe rate give a review and share it with your mates but don't worry we won't be angry if you don't i might be a bit angry lucy can't say that they won't mind no it's just rude